Good Friday afternoon. I'm Andy Bates, sitting in for Kip Allen this afternoon. And it is time for Let's Talk The Pastor Is In. We have some some time to, to sit back and ask questions, chat with a pastor. With those questions, maybe those life questions, those questions that uh, that maybe you have as well, you can join the conversation today, one 800 730 2727 1-800-730-2727 or 314-821-0850 or you can email us let's talk at kfuo.org it is it's fun to get to sit in the studio today and have a chat kind of like a front porch chat and our friend uh, pastor joining us today for let's talk pastor andrew Preuss, trinity lutheran church in gutenberg iowa st paul lutheran church in mcgregor iowa thanks so much for being on today with us on let's talk pastor Preuss. yeah it's good to be on again well it is uh it's friday afternoon <laughs> winding down uh is friday your typically your day off uh, or day to yeah. relax <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fridays are my are my days off that I usually just do stuff with the family and uh, stuff like that, or talk on what talk on um, on Let's Talk with Kip. <laughs> sometimes uh, a, a a ceremonial routine for my day off. So <laughs> whatever's on the or or even sharper iron sometimes. Although usually I did that. I used to do that on Thursday morning, but. Oh well. <laughs> but today you're doing double duty on your day off. You start off your day with sharper iron and end your afternoon with let's talk, and we really appreciate that. Uh, given your time, oh, to yeah, to, yeah, it's you know, like I told you uh, earlier, it, you know, it was uh, I've been talking theology all day anyway, so I'll just keep doing it. <laughs> well, happy Friday and uh, talking theology all day. So uh, today, uh, Kip has planned for us to talk about what is. A Lutheran. What is a Lutheran? Uh, so when when someone asks you that question, maybe they don't know you very well or just starting to get to know you, uh, something uh, triggers that question. They ask you, uh, so what is a Lutheran? What's your, your response to that? A Lutheran is someone who has inherited uh, the confession of the, uh, of the gospel uh, revealed to uh, in the Holy Scriptures, and who relies only on the authority of the Bible as God's Word for what God's will is uh, for our lives and for our faith, um, and also then uh, trusts uh, only in Christ and His merits and uh, does not rely on His own works, and, and then takes refuge in the, uh, in the ways in which God uh, delivers to us uh, salvation, the forgiveness of sins, um, you know, in, in, in those being in the in the Word and in baptism and in the body and blood of Jesus. So, uh, you know, there there's a lot more you could say about it. But uh, in short, being a Lutheran is being a Christian. And uh, I remember I said that one time in a sermon, and uh, there was some confusion, which is okay if people get confused. Sometimes it just causes them to think think about it. They maybe just never thought about it before. But I said, you know, being a Lutheran is really just being a Christian, and uh, and 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 when we say that we're the Lutheran Church, we're simply saying we're simply saying that uh, that our confession, our Lutheran confession, is the true Christian confession. And there's, you know, some people can react to that in such a way in thinking, so are you saying that everyone who's not a Lutheran is not really a Christian? And uh, of course, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, the 
the, the, the point is that wherever the truth is, wherever the truth of God's word is taught, wherever the gospel is taught, regardless Oh, re- sorry. My wife is pointing something out to me. <laughs> wherever the wherever the the truth is taught, there is the church, right? Wherever the gospel is taught, there is the church. So, if the gospel is being taught uh, and received and believed in a heterodox community, where there is false teaching also being taught, well, insofar as the gospel is being accepted by faith and confessed, well, there is the church, and I would say there's the Lutheran church. Now, you can't identify it uh, uh, clearly, and that's why you, we, we, we uh, uh, warn people not to attend churches that, that, that teach falsely and mix in error with the truth. But at the same time, we're wholeheartedly going to say that where the truth of the gospel is, there is the, 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 the true confession, and that we would call that Lutheran, right? So, you know, I remember uh, a good friend of mine uh, a, a good friend of mine, uh, John Henry, uh, I'll just name drop him. Uh, he's a, he's a pastor in Minnesota now, just took a call there. But, uh, when I first met him, he was, uh, he was at my brother's house at some, it was some party that, that my brothers having a get together. And, um, we were talking and he was a Roman Catholic at the time and he was dating my now wife's cousin. Um, so, and they're married now too, but anyway, and I asked him, you know, what, if he was Lutheran, he said he was Catholic. And then I asked him, well, how do you believe you're saved? And he said, I believe I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. And so I said, well, you're a Lutheran then. <laughs> and eventually he officially became one, you know, publicly. But uh, that's what it means to be a Lutheran, to rely on the blood of Jesus and not rely on your own merit. And every single thing that we teach from the scriptures uh, about the sacraments, about, about creation, um, about, about life, uh, but sin and repentance, faith, um, it all hinges on that, that we are righteous before God and saved from eternal condemnation only by the blood and righteousness of Jesus. That's what it means to be a Lutheran, because that's what's revealed in Scripture. Now, you made a distinction uh, about your friend um, that you know, he was a Lutheran, but then he was uh, made it then it was he was publicly a Lutheran, and, and there was a distinction there between um, what he believed and and uh, being publicly Lutheran. Could you dig into that a little bit more for us, and and what that means, like to I don't know, like yeah. when someone oh, believes what Lutherans believe, but they haven't necessarily. I don't know. They don't say they're Lutheran. They haven't joined a Lutheran congregation, but for the most part, they believe what mostly what Lutherans believe. Is there a difference? Yeah, I mean, there's a difference on the outside. Uh, there's a difference that we obviously need to consider uh, because we don't want, especially because you can have people who also have some opinions that are being fed them that are not good and are obviously contrary to their confession that they have. So, so people can be inconsistent, right? And even even Lutherans could be inconsistent, and so the. The issue then there is uh, the distinction there is is that they are they are not yet uh, they've not yet been taught or uh, uh, really the significance of their confession. So so the so I mean your, if your confession is that you know the, as as Saint John says you know 
um, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. I mean, if that's truly your confession, that is the Lutheran confession. Now, you might also have other opinions that are bad and contrary, but, but the thing is, is that those opinions, if they are contrary, thank you very much, um, that if the, those opinions, if they're contrary to the scriptures, then they're contrary to y- your confession that the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin, right? So you can have the Lutheran confession, but then also hold to other beliefs that are contrary to your own confession, right? We see this in our churches all the time. Whenever anyone, like, if you go to a Missouri Synod Lutheran church and you're, you've been catechized and stuff, but you think that your Methodist uh, mother-in-law should be able to take communion, even though she goes to a church that publicly teaches contrary to what we teach about the Lord's Supper and baptism and stuff like that, well, then you are being, you, you are holding to an opinion, which is contrary to your opinion now, or to your confession. Now that, that's not to say that you don't sincerely have the confession, the true confession. Um, it's just, it just means that you're inconsistent and that's not a good thing. It doesn't mean that you're like going straight to hell, you know, (laughs) but it does mean that we should, we should repent and always, even if you think that your doctrine is all pretty, pretty well set. I mean, no one is done learning the word of God. Luther talks about the catechism is simply the, the teaching of the scriptures and that no one is done learning the catechism. And even the guy who wrote the catechism is never done learning it. So, so I think if we have that attitude that have that being a Lutheran is simply confessing the gospel, then we can look around and see that wow, there are a lot of Lutherans out there. Um, they just are not going to the to to the right church. If they if they only knew uh, how all these things are connected to the gospel, like baptism, baptismal regeneration, stuff like that. Uh, closed communion, you know, that we, that we only take communion with each other when we actually agree in common with God's Word. Well, yeah, these things, these things make sense. They're all taught in Scripture. They're all united to the Lutheran Confession, which we also know, also known as the Gospel. Um, well, then, you know, then, then they would go to a Lutheran church. Now, obviously, most people are inconsistent. In fact, we're all, to an extent, very inconsistent. That's an interesting point. We we all have our inconsistencies, uh, but I really appreciate the um, the insights on making. I, I you know distinctions. I think comes up a lot when we talk about Lutherans. Lutherans, um, from my perspective, seem to be people who make distinctions, and that's what I hear you you saying as you describe Lutherans today. You, you mentioned something about uh, you, you were talking about you know like a um, a relative from a different denomination, a different confession, and them um, asking questions about them communing with us. What is our relationship? What is the relationship of Lutherans to other Christians, other denominations, or other Christian confessions? What's that relationship like? How would you describe it? If you're trying to, well, one, if you're talking to a Lutheran, but two, if you're talking to someone who's not a Lutheran and trying to explain the the relationship yeah. between the two. Yeah, yeah. There is something, there is a lot to say about what we might call ecumenism, if it's a good a good kind of ecumenism. The ecumenical movement, as we usually know it, is uh, by and large a very dishonest movement um, that just tries to overlook the differences among the different denominations and say that they don't really matter and that they're just formulations of doctrine rather than actual doctrine, doctrinal opinions and confessions. 
And so obviously that's wrong. That's just dishonest. But there is something to say about a certain ecumenical effort to identify that, you know, there's a difference between someone who is wrong on the sacraments, but does not deny that God is three in one, right? That God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're, we're, we're going to make a, we have to make a distinction between, you know, someone from a heterodox Christian denomination, um, such as the Roman Catholics or the Baptists or the Methodists or, you know, uh, and someone who is like a Jehovah Witness who doesn't believe in, in the triune God, and denies that Jesus is, is true God. Um, and so we want, and, and, and then to, to get at the heart of what the Christian faith is, we got to go to, well, how are we righteous before God? And uh, unfortunately, with certain church bodies, you're not going to get very far in that. Um, the Roman Catholics are going to, one way or another, include works in that scheme. Uh, but I'd say as far as, you know, the listeners who are listening here, most likely not uh, dignitaries of, uh, of, 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 of Christian denominations who are meeting with uh, other leaders and stuff. So they're probably, their ecumenical kind of uh, encounters are probably going to be more like talking to their family members or their friends or their neighbors who are of different denominations. And I think that the best approach is to go to, okay, well, first go to, well, do we believe that the Bible is the Word of God? Now, if they don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God, that it has errors, and basically they're just going to judge the Bible uh, to be true only when it agrees with their presuppositions, unfortunately, there's not much you can do with those people, because they're just, they're throwing out the entire foundation. Um, But if they do believe that, if that's at least their assumption, well, then you can get to, okay, so are we righteous? before God, are, are, in other words, are, are sins forgiven before God uh, because of anything that we do, or is it only by God's grace in Christ, um, you know, and do we receive this through faith apart from works? And if they can agree with that, well, then, then great. Then you can say, hey, you know what? Uh, that is our confession. That's what we teach. Now, there's much more to it, though, and there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot connected to that. There's a lot that sort of we draw out of that and, and that the scriptures reveal to us. And, uh, and then you can go from there. And uh, so, so, so you can establish that there is that, that essential Christian confession. And then I think that you, once, when you learn how, like just look at the six chief parts, when you learn how each of these chief parts, the Ten Commandments, the, the creed, that is who God is, uh, the, the Lord's Prayer, the baptism, the the uh, the keys which Christ gave to His Church to forgive and retain sins, and the body and blood of Jesus given for us to eat and to drink, and then the t- even include the table of duties. When you consider how all of these things are centered in that God does not count our sins against us for Christ's sake, and that through faith we have the favor of God in Jesus, if you can show how if you if you can show how all of that centers in there. In, in, in that truth, uh, then what you can do is say to your friend, if he's contradicting any, any of these other points, say, hey, you're really contradicting what you just confessed. You know, so for example, let me just give you an example. 
you talk to your friend who, uh, who maybe he's a Baptist and or evangelical free, and you talk about, yeah, the Bible's the Word of God. Harumph, we believe that. Good, all right. Uh, it is by the blood and righteousness of Jesus that we are saved and that we are forgiven of our sins and not by anything that we do. Harumph, yes, we agree on that. Great, that is our confession. That is what we Lutherans call Lutheran. Um, because by Lutheran, we're not simply following Luther. We're, that's just the name that was tacked on, and so we call it Lutheran. It's also known as apostolic or Christian or even Catholic, you know, with small c. Okay, so that's our confession. Well, then you get, you get talking with your friend more, and you get on the topic of free will. And you remember from your catechism, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him, but the Holy Spirit calls me by the gospel, etc. And so then you get on that topic, and your friend says, well, I, I, I believe that I came to faith by making a, a decision for Jesus. And then you can say, well, hold on. Uh, let's go back to that confession that we just, that we just seem to agree on uh, at the beginning. That's contrary to that confession, because if it's only by the blood and righteousness of Christ that you, are, that you stand righteous before God and forgiven of your sins, and it's not by anything within you at all, then it can't be by your free will in any way. And, you know, they might be confused by that, um, or they might say, they might change their minds and say, well, I guess it isn't only by the blood and righteousness of Christ. And I've, I've encountered that, too, and that means that they're not Christians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that, so, so I think that we, on the one hand, we have to be optimistic, and we have to um, be, be welcoming and encouraging in the confession that they do have. If they do have that kind of basic Lutheran confessional, Christian confession, then build on that, but also be prepared to be, or don't, be prepared to be disappointed sometimes. You might find out as you flesh it out that some of the people you talk to are not Christians. They're just religious hypocrites who trust in their own works, and that's not a Christian. And so, so, in, so, so yeah, I mean, if, if you are being consistent with your errors uh, uh, about, uh, you know, free will or, or, uh, or the power of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and stuff like that. If you're being consistent about your errors on these things and rejecting these things, while continuing to try and try to hold, you're, you're eventually you're not going to be able to continue to hold to that pure confession of the gospel that you claim to have. And so, unfortunately, there are those who are inconsistent, and maybe they just walk away kind of confused and they maybe think about it for a while, and then they and maybe it always bugs them. And at, the, at their death, they just take refuge in Christ, and that's, well, great, okay. Um, but it happens often. Uh, I remember talking to this one lady when I was in college about baptism and, uh, and free will and how, you know, we don't have a free will by nature, but our will is actually converted to God um, from being hostile to being uh, faithful, having faith. And, uh, and baptism is, is one of the ways that, is the way that God does this, you know, through his word. And, and she got so upset, and she said, I don't need to be baptized because I already made a decision for Jesus. And, and don't tell me that it wasn't my choice. It was my choice. Well, she's not a Christian. I mean, I think that we just need to be frank about that. That lady was not a Christian. She was very religious and very, very passionate and sincere about her religion which she calls Christian, but she's not a Christian. She's a, she's a hypocrite. So, I mean, that, that, that's, uh, we need to be prepared to say that. So when people say, are you saying that only Lutherans are going to heaven? Okay, let's back up. 
because maybe, <laughs> maybe, I mean, I don't want to give you some ticket to just believe whatever you want. Um, you know, if I say, oh, no, 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 Baptist, go to heaven too. Well, then what are you going to do? You're going to walk away and say, oh, great, awesome. So I can continue to believe this horrible lie that baptism doesn't save and my faith is not going to be in danger. No, that's terrible. So again, we don't just outright condemn them right away, but we should engage them and, and talk theology with them. So what I hear you saying is when, when it comes to differences between us and, and other confessions is when, when you can say amen, say amen. When, when there's agreement, say amen to that. You know, it's when there's agreement, recognize, yeah. acknowledge that agreement. Um, but don't yeah. be afraid to also lovingly and patiently uh, work through uh, what the scriptures teach about the things where we disagree. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. And, that, and that, that's what it means to be truly ecumenical. Um, it, it, is, it is quite the opposite of what is passed as ecumen, ecumenism today, where you just kind of sweep things under the rug and pretend that we all agree. Like, you know, that recently my, I had a couple of parishioners asking me about the World Day of Prayer or something like that. And, you know, those kinds of things are just so, they're just a show, you know? What, you, they're, we're all going to get together and pray, and, like, that's going to, like, make America great again or something? I don't know what the, I don't even know what, everyone has their own ideas of what that even means. If we could all just get together and pray, pray, pray based on what? On the Word? So are you going to talk about the Word? And I remember when I, there was this lady I was talking to in town here who they do this, this joint vacation Bible school. All the churches in town do it except for ours. And, uh, and, and, and I asked her, well, what do you teach? Well, just the basics. What do you mean the basics? The basics like the Ten Commandments, the Creed, the Lord's Prayer, baptism, you know, things that, things that were, that, you know, the Lord's Supper, things that were, that, 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 uh, you know, that were not saved by our works, things like that. You know, I mean, that's the basics. And it's just so, it's so ridiculous. Like, they, oh, we just teach the basics. Well, then when you really peel back what the quote-unquote basics are, it's just moralism. It's just be good. And Jesus is nice and all this other stuff and pray. And because prayer is, and then no one knows what prayer is because they don't listen to the Word of God. They just listen to their stupid hearts. So, I mean, it, it's just, you know, we should not be fooled into all of this this nonsense of, you know, uh, we're all just going to get together and pretend that we agree um, and then pretend that we're all going to go to heaven. No, you don't get, I don't, you do not get to heaven by being a Missouri Synod Lutheran. You do not get to heaven by being religious. You get to heaven through the blood and righteousness of Christ. And the doctrine that is known as Lutheran, also known as Christian, also known as apostolic, uh, is centered on that. And that's what we should be striving toward and and like you said we should do so lovingly precisely because we love the truth and we know that god loves us i want to go back this is going to go back uh, quite a bit in in our conversation but um i want to go back to the you know we were talking about what we have in common and the the very first uh point that um you look at when you're looking at what we have in common is the scriptures, how we regard the word of God. Um, what do, what value do Lutherans place on the scriptures? And then what is that in, in what are you looking at? Um, what are you looking for when talking with someone from another 
uh, a different background and how they regard the Word of God? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that there's kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of dissect, pull out another question from your question. So first, how do they think about the, what do they think about the scriptures? And then what do they think about the word of God? They're the same thing, obviously. I'm not trying to say the scriptures are not the word of God, but what I mean is, okay, to answer your question, we, we should establish that the Lutheran confession is that all of what God has revealed about himself that is necessary for salvation and for the Christian life is revealed only in the scriptures and that therefore the scriptures are therefore our only authority for our Christian doctrine and life. And, uh, and while we have the use of our reason, uh, we cannot uh, put our reason above what the scriptures say. We should be informed by the scriptures and all of our thoughts. Now, the other thing is uh, with the Word of God. This is something that we need to that we need to make clear. When we our view of the Word of God is that God is actually revealed in His Word. He's not. He's actually present in His Word. He's not. You know. He. 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 he the Word of God is not simply a word about God. And this is a very important distinction to make, because if the Word of God is simply a word about God then it turns into just a bunch of principles for life that sort of help you help yourself reflect what God says about, you know, how you should live or whatever. And you can go so many different ways. And you don't really have the certainty in the Word of God itself that this is actually God with you in Christ. And this is, this is very essential to our view of the Scriptures. The Scriptures, in other words, to sum it up and to kind of bring that together, the scriptures are not simply a rule book. Certainly they reveal the law, but the main doctrine of the scriptures is the gospel, that God forgives sinners and counts them to be righteous in his sight only for the sake of his son, Jesus Christ, and, by, and, and, and that the sinners stand righteous before God through faith in these merits of Christ and not in anyone else's merit. And, that, and, and, and so this is the point that our view of faith alone in Christ, you know, is inseparable from our view of Scripture alone as the only authority. And that, that, so, so, so in other words, Scripture is not simply an authority of, like, you know, right living or make sure that you just believe these kind of points of doctrine, these fundamentals, and then kind of figure out the rest for yourself um, by your own kind of speculation and stuff like that. But no, the Scripture actually is the living, breathing Word of God which enlightens the soul, and that if the scriptures are taught in their purity, the gospel is taught in its purity, their God is, Christ is, in our midst. And, uh, and this then reflects what we say about baptism and the Lord's Supper. Baptism and the Lord's Supper, as, as uh, instruments or forms of God's Word and God's grace, are not simply uh, uh, sacraments about God or about Jesus, they're sacraments that actually deliver to us Christ, right? Where Christ is actually present with his Holy Spirit, with, with God's favor in these gifts of, in these, in these, uh, these instruments of, uh, of baptism and the Lord's Supper, that the body and blood of Jesus is actually given for us to eat and to drink with our mouths. And that, and that, that corresponds to the fact that God is not a God who's far, simply far off, but he's in his word. And, uh, and so 
so so yeah we, we we believe that the scriptures are our only authority um and not only that they actually enlighten the soul because god is they're not just about god god's actually in them revealing themselves through them we're talking with Pastor Andrew Preuss of Trinity Lutheran Church in Gutenberg, Iowa, and St. Paul Lutheran Church in McGregor, Iowa. We're talking about what is a Lutheran? What does it mean to be Lutheran? If you have a question for Pastor Preuss today, you can give us a call, 1-800-730-2727, 1-800-730-2727, or 314-821-0850. You're listening to Let's Talk. We'll be back in just a moment. Give us a call. Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Orazio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. In many ways, St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Bel Air, Maryland is just like any other Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod Church. They have worship services each Sunday and reach out to their community, but one thing they don't do is pay their electric bill. Hello, this is Rahema Kavuga, Synod Relations Manager of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. And if you want to hear what St. Matthew actually did to eliminate their electric bill, just visit interesttime.org. That's interesttime.org. In the early 1800s, the horrific conditions and brutality of the English prison system was taken for granted, conditions ignored. Elizabeth Fry was determined to do something about it. She was a Quaker, passionate about reading the Bible for herself and making the Bible accessible to those in need. The daughter of a prominent banking family and the wife of a successful tea dealer, she used her influence to visit female prisoners in London's Newgate Prison, discovering appalling conditions for women and their children. She set up classes to give women job skills, rallied others to provide clothing, and at the center of her plan, leading the women in studying the Bible. Until her death at age 65, Elizabeth Fry worked tirelessly for prison reform, fundamentally changing how women prisoners were viewed and treated. Engage with the Bible in its impact on injustice over the centuries. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Listening to Let's Talk, I'm Andy Bates, sitting in for Kip Allen this afternoon, feeling a little under the weather this afternoon, uh, but we are carrying on the conversation, and uh, we are talking with Pastor Andrew Preuss of Trinity Lutheran Church in Gutenberg, Iowa, St. Paul Lutheran Church in McGregor, Iowa, about what is a Lutheran. If you have a question or a comment, one 800 730 1-800-730-2727 or 314-821-0850. Uh, Pastor, we, we've, we've 
dug in quite a bit to what is a Lutheran and what are some of the differences between Lutherans and other Christ, uh, confessions and uh, other Christians and kind of mix those, mesh those words together, uh, <laughs> Christians and confessions. But um, what are some things that have been helpful to you in understanding what is Lutheran? Maybe some books or other things, uh, other um resources that have been helpful to you in understanding what is a Lutheran? Well, I would start with uh, the uh, the catechism, the small catechism and the large catechism really is the, the, the summary of Christian doctrine, and that is our Lutheran confession, um, as well as, you know, the other books of the, uh, or, or confessions in the Book of Concord, you know, the Augsburg Confession, stuff like that. And and there are other books too, you know. And, and people are at different levels and what they what they are are capable of 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 uh, really taking in. Um, so you know, some kind of uh, some some authors that are maybe going more depth or some kind of dogmaticians, you know, like John Gerhard. But but one guy, one old Lutheran teacher who I find to be very helpful and actually pretty simple um, <clears throat> is uh, for being the giant that he is. Uh, a guy named uh, Martin Chemnitz, and uh, he. There's one book in particular that uh, that's very helpful, uh, called an Incaridian on uh, on on uh, the word and word and sacraments. I think that's what it's called, and so that's helpful. Um, I remember when I was in college, I read a book by my uncle um, called Why I Am a Lutheran. I mean, that's pretty pretty much you know that's that, uh, that's the title right there. So. Um, and I know that uh, I've had parishioners who have read that, and it's really helped them um, kind of understand some basics of what it means to be a Lutheran, and that it's all centered on Christ and and the Scriptures. And uh, but you know what? Uh, what really has convinced me the most, and this might come as a surprise to you, uh, was convinced me the most is uh, to, that that why I am a Lutheran is reading Scripture, <laughs> <laughs> reading Scripture. Uh, especially, you know, since I was in seminary, you know, I read it a lot more intensely. Um, but, uh, but really, since I've been a pastor, um, you know, I'm laboring in the Word. I got to preach. I preach, you know, year-round at least twice a week, or you know, uh, or two two sermons a week, and and you know, teaching Bible classes, and just always being in the Scriptures and reading the Scriptures every day, and seeing how the Scriptures speak. Uh, one of the things that we got to be careful about as Lutherans is that we're not subtly replacing how the scriptures speak with how we think Lutherans are supposed to speak. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the scriptures do, yes, the, the Lutheran confession is the confession of the scriptures, but sometimes we can easily make for ourselves certain caricatures and uh, think, for example, that like, oh, well, that's law, and so therefore let's not talk about that because we're about the gospel, because there's a distinction between law and gospel, right? It's like, well, okay, I mean, the distinction between law and gospel is not just some paradigm that you that you just kind of um, use at your own will. Um, the distinction between law and gospel is revealed in Scripture, and it's the key to, to really understanding the Scriptures and how they apply to your life. Uh, and, and so reading the Scriptures devotionally, you know, with the small catechism and with other helps, uh, with, you know, good books. One other book, too, as far as uh, compares, comparing to other, other uh, denominations— uh, that I found very helpful. I read it with my wife a year or two ago. Was uh, this this book uh, 
by uh, Brian Wolfmuller, uh, Has American Christianity Failed? And it really talks about kind of how pop Christianity is portrayed in the United States and that it's really not a right, uh, you know, it's not really a right, uh, a correct representation of what the scriptures teach, but it's sort of a, you know, it's not, it's, it's kind of a form of godliness. And, uh, and so it's, 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 it, things, books like that written by people who really know their doctrine and can articulate it can be very helpful. Uh, but the best thing to do is to read the scriptures. Uh, one other book that I would recommend which is the shortest of all these books, besides maybe the small catechism, but but I think it might even be shorter than that. Is a little book you can you can order it from uh, Northwest Publishing House. Uh, it's a book by my dad called uh, "Am I Good Enough for God?" It's a book on justification, what what it means to be justified before God, and to be justified before God through faith in Christ, who alone made satisfaction for our sins. It's really the center of what we teach. Uh, and and confess as uh, and and believe as as Christians as as and as Lutherans. That's that is the hallmark of our confession. And so, that's a really good book to uh, very simple uh, explains you know the 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 different the different understandings of of grace. You know that, that other people, other denominations, especially like the Roman Catholics in particular, will talk about grace. They'll talk about faith, but do they mean the same thing? And what do the scriptures really say about about these things? And so that that's a helpful book. But again, uh, you know, my my best recommendation would be read the scriptures every day, get in conversations with your pastors, uh, find good Christian friends who love to talk theology, and uh, and talk. Just you know, be an audible learner too. And uh, you know, some people are more readers, some people are more talkers and listeners, and do both. You know, and that's. Uh, and let it let the word of God dwell in you richly. So that'd be my advice. Have you read? Um, have you read? Will the real Jesus please stand up? From you know Pastor my wife. Richard? My wife. Yeah, my wife is reading that right now. Um, I think my mom got that for her for for Christmas, and uh, she says, yeah, she's enjoying it. I haven't had a chance to to look at it yet, um, but uh, but yeah, have you read it? I have. Uh, actually gone through it as a group study and found it really helpful and um, similar to what Pastor Wolf Miller did with um, Has American Christianity Failed and pointing out uh, how American Christianity weaves all kinds of different ideas into what we call Christianity that aren't really biblical. We do the, we've done that with um, different versions or ideas of who Jesus is. And uh, so Pastor Richard takes a, uh, a couple of different ideas and, 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 and puts them into different categories or caricatures of who Jesus is. And uh, it's really quite interesting. It was, it was a good conversation to work through that with a, a small group of, uh, of friends at church and and really yeah. point us then to who Jesus truly is, who the scriptures reveal him to be. You, you know, it's interesting you bring that book up, Pastor Matt Richards, um, he it, it's funny he's a great example of someone who was a lutheran um but was part of a what we would call and what, what he would i'm sure agree with is a heterodox uh church body um when the first time i remember uh when i was in seminary and this is before he joined the missouri synod so he was a pastor of i think the lutheran brethren which are you know they're lutheran in name but they don't they kind of have 
they got some issues uh, with, uh, you know, pietism and stuff like that, where doctrine is not really the focal point of what they, of, of what they're all about. And um, they can be kind of unionistic with other denominations and stuff like that. And, um, but anyway, I saw, I see this guy, I saw a video, this guy preaching, he looks like a Baptist and he's preaching from a lectern and he's wearing a suit. And I'm thinking, huh, Okay, uh, well, I'll just listen to this guy's sermon. I, I mean, I don't even remember how I came across it. I was searching for something Lutheran or something. I don't know. And I listened to his sermon, and I was like, and I was expecting like some kind of Baptist theology sort of stuff, you know, or pietistic kind of moralism or whatever. And I listened to his sermon, and I was like, wow, this guy's a Lutheran. He's totally a Lutheran. He's this is this guy. This is awesome. I would totally go to this guy's church. I don't care if he's not wearing a, an alb and a stole. You know, <laughs> it was it was kind of it was it was really neat. And and I think I I contacted him and just thanked him for his sermon. And then and then like within a year or two, he was in the Missouri Synod. So <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's you know there, there are there there are plen- there are definitely people out there who are um, confessing the truth and they are. You know, maybe they're on a different, and I hate this word, so I don't like to use this word all the time, but, you know, for lack, you know, journey, right? Or maybe they're on a, they're kind of, or they don't have the same background, maybe, you know? And, and that's no fault, no fault of their own, but they're sincerely seeking God, not in their hearts, because like I said before, their hearts are stupid, um, but, but in the wisdom of God in the scriptures. And, uh, and that's a great that's a great thing. Um, it's an optimistic thing. It, it shows that we are not a sect. That is, uh, we are not. We don't. We are not simply interested in preserving ourselves. And if we are, well, then woe to us. You know, we we we're not simply interested in just having our own little identity. And we're unique. And we can all get together and celebrate our uniquenesses. No, we believe that what we confess is universally true. And that wherever it's being confessed and taught, there is the church. And if it's still, you know, uh, uh, clouded with with false doctrine here and there, well, then, yeah, that's that's part of the. That's why the church is hidden. You know, it's hidden, but it's hidden in what God revealed in the, in the truth of the scriptures. So, anyway, I just thought I'd point that out. Kind of interesting. One other book that comes to mind. It- is uh, and this is a little bit older book. This is probably from the '90s. That would, was Gene Veith's book, "Spirituality of the Cross." Oh, yep, yep, yeah. We read that in seminary. Yeah, that's a very, very simple, um, very simple uh, book explaining the Christian faith. And he came out of kind of, I think, an evangelical, kind of American evangelical. Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe a generic Protestant kind of background. I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly, but I, but, uh, but yeah, that is, uh, that's a good one. Um, that's very, uh, I know many people who, whose lives have really been changed by that book, you know, who, uh, when they're really, uh, trying to get a grasp on, on, on really what they believe, what the scriptures teach. And then they come across that book and it really opens up. Uh, the Lutheran Confession as not just a bunch of rules, but really, you know, the gospel, the cross of Christ. Now, earlier you mentioned reading the small catechism and the large catechism making a, a difference, mm-hmm. and certainly scriptures making making a difference for you. Um, I would imagine most of us are probably pretty familiar with the small catechism. Um, tell us a little bit more about, from your perspective, 
how does the large catechism differ from the small catechism and how would it be helpful? It's bigger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Appropriately named, uh, the, yeah. the large catechism. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot of elaboration. Um, the large catechism are sermons, really. They're, uh, and, 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 and as sermons, they, you know, when you read the small catechism, it's very condensed. And the large catechism just kind of unpacks it. And in unpacking it, it's going to convict you. It's going to, you know, um, it's, it's, it's going to give you deeper insights. Um, it's going to respond to, respond to, uh, to kind of errors head on. Uh, so for example, in his section on baptism, he spends basically, you know, most of the time talking about um, you know, arguing against those fanatics who say that baptism doesn't save, um, and responding to their arguments. And so it really, what's great about the, the large catechism is that it takes you into really the, some history of the church and, uh, and allows you to be able to, uh, see how God's word is, is, is faithfully applied and taught. So it, it brings, brings a lot of clarity to it. Um, when I mentioned being convicted, I remember there was one time when I was like, um, someone, you know, I heard someone was like talking about being behind my back and I was upset about it. I went, I talked to my dad about it and my dad, my dad said, you should sit down and read Luther on the large Luther's in, in his large catechism on the eighth commandment. And so I went and read it and, you know, I read it thinking like, Oh, I'm going to be vindicated, you know, and, and it can convicted me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just, and that's the great thing about it is that Luther, he holds nothing back and it's, it, it, it he, he calls you to repentance. He teaches you the, 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 you know, grounds you in the truth. And, uh, so the, yeah, the large catechism is just a treasure. Um, that's one thing that, uh, I'm really happy about with CPH, uh, that they put together, a, a large and small catechism with no other explanation, just the large and small catechism. And I believe Luther's prefaces and it's in just a nice compact volume. And my plan for this year with my catechism students and my confirmation students is to, you know, give them each one of those. And, uh, that's a, that's a great gift for confirmation. You know, the book of Concord is a good gift too. I got one from my godparents when I was confirmed and, uh, um, but another good gift, if you don't think that they're going to open up that massive uh, reader's edition, which is awesome and a treasure, um, but, if, but if you think maybe you want to give them something that's a little bit more compact, um, that's a good option. Give them that small and large catechism kind of uh, volume from CPH. Earlier you mentioned, uh, and we have just about, oh, I think we have about seven, eight minutes left here. Earlier you mentioned, um, really for you, just studying the scriptures, reading the scriptures and studying the scriptures has really made a difference for you and made it clear to you what it is to be Lutheran and why you are a Lutheran um, or a Christian or uh, I think, what was the other word used? Apostolic. Um, yeah. How do, how does one go about reading or studying the scriptures different do lutherans go about studying the scriptures differently than maybe um other confessions or other denominations might yeah i mean i guess our approach would 
would perhaps be uh, that um, that we understand going in that we should understand going in that what the scriptures are about. You know, it's like with any book. Uh, when you before you read a book, you kind of want to know what it's about, right? <laughs> you're not you're not just going to pick up a book and just start reading it. I mean, I guess some people do that, uh, and so. So you you it, that's why the small catechism is helpful. You know, it, it tells you what the Bible's about. It's just a summary of what the Bible's about. And then when you read the Bible, you can you know, knowing that the two main teachings are law and gospel, you know, and and uh, that the that that this is about Christ and about the history of God bringing this to fulfillment. That I think is the most important thing to just understand that that's what it's about. And you know, you you right there and you know, right after the fall into sin, you have. You really the 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 um, original sin kind of taught very clearly by the example of how Adam and Eve react to God after they sin, and then you have God's promise to Adam and Eve uh, given to the uh, to the uh, uh, you know He actually speaks it to the serpent to the devil that He will put enmity between Him and the woman, and that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the devil, and the devil will bruise his heel, and that is unpacked. So I think if you can can understand that this is the overall story of the scriptures, uh, you know, some what one thing that I've done with big books, um, when I would read big books, is maybe go on Spark Notes or something and just kind of see, may, not give it away for me, but just kind of see what it's about, so that I'm not totally lost. And and then you, again, if you know what it's about, then you can read it with, uh, you, you can have. You can you you can then read it and and let the scriptures speak for themselves, and uh, and also just don't be discouraged. Uh, you, you Luther says you should read it and again read it again and again and again and again. One method that I've used is um, I have a daily reading schedule that I don't always get to every day. Sometimes I just read other parts of scripture um, that maybe are pertinent to something that that something else that I that I'm working on. Um, but what I try to read as, 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 as daily as I can is, uh, it's, it's 10, I have, I have the Bible split up into 10, uh, into 10 sections. So I got the gospels I have from Acts through Paul's epistles. I have, uh, from Hebrews to, through Revelation. And then I have like Genesis through Leviticus. And then I have, uh, numbers through, I don't know, ju- judges, and then um, uh, Ruth, uh, probably j- through Ruth, and then uh, and then, uh, th- then the history books like First Samuel um, through uh, what Esther, uh, um, and uh, and then the the and then Isaiah through Jeremiah, then Ezekiel through the minor prophets. I think that's I think that's the list, and then I have the Psalms and the pro- yeah, then the Psalms by themselves. Is one, and then the other wisdom literature like the uh, uh, Job uh, and Proverbs and stuff like that. And what I do is I read one chapter from each list, except for I read two Psalms, um, and I try to do that every day. And that allows you to kind of not get bogged down on one one part, and, and it allows you to do more cursory reading throughout the scriptures. And uh, and then other times, you know. It, 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 it's good that if you're finding yourself like not really understanding the history of the scriptures, sometimes it's just a good idea to just read through uh, Genesis and Exodus 
and, uh, and then like numbers in Deuteronomy. I mean, Leviticus too. Yeah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Just read through that, and then just try to read through the history, just so you can kind of refresh yourself with that. And then, you know, so so it's it's kind of like working out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't always do the same workout, but you might have like kind of a a regular workout that you're doing, but then you just kind of switch it up so that your muscles don't just plateau, right? Because if you want to get What's the word? There's so many. Oh yeah, if you want to get jacked, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you gotta like switch it up, and then with your diet too, right? You know that that's. Uh, I don't know if that resonates with anyone, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a similar kind of thing. You know, you, you switch it up a bit. Um, don't feel bad about being. Don't feel like you have to read it from front to back. Uh, that's certainly not a bad thing to do, but it's good to understand the different parts of scripture like you have the history historical parts of scripture which are just the 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 narratives the history of what happened then you got more the doctrinal parts of scripture like you got the epistles and then you know which are uh, addressing specific specific things going on and the and the prophets are doing the same kind of thing and uh and then you have the more devotional parts of scripture like the psalms and the proverbs stuff like that and and so if you kind of can spread those things out and uh and not and and you know give yourself a little bit of each uh then that's uh that's a good way of, that's a good method i think um and uh and then again just know that that the distinction between law and gospel is going to come out of the text and it's a difficult it's often a difficult thing to identify but the holy spirit working through his word is going to help you and also then don't do it by yourself go to church go to bible class you know ask questions Make comments, you know, talk theology with your pastor, with your, your friend. Um, those are, uh, and you, and you do grow in it and you, and like I said before, don't just rely on kind of jargon that you think, you know, um, is Lutheran, uh, you know, at the expense of reading scripture, let the word of God dwell in you. And yeah, read the Lutheran stuff, you know, for help, but, uh, let the scriptures be your, your authority. Hmm. So read the word, read the word read the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In other words, thanks for summarizing that for me. Appreciate sure. it. Well, you know, I, I, we only have a few seconds left, but I think that speaks volumes to, especially as you're talking about what is important for a pastor to do and how much, uh, in terms of being in the word, studying the word, reading the word, um, and how American Christianity has changed through the years. Uh, just that particular space where you do that and what we call it today and what we called it maybe 30 years ago, that space where you do that, so that studying of God's word, what do we call that as a pastor? Devotion. Well, no, I mean like the physical space where you do it. Oh, the space, like the church. Yeah, but as a pastor, do you have a reserved space? Study. Yeah, oh, a yeah, pastor's like study. study. Yeah. yeah, but how yeah, often yeah, do we yeah. call it a pastor's office today as well? Well, we are uh, all exactly, out of time. Yeah. <laughs> pastor Andrew Preuss, oh, Trinity Lutheran good Church, <laughs> Gutenberg, Iowa, St. Paul Lutheran Church, McGregor, Iowa. Thanks for being our guest on Let's Talk today. Yeah, it was great talking to you, Andy. God's blessings. Have a great weekend, Pastor. Yeah, you too. listening to The Pastor Is In, a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. 
You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.